from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Today is Thursday, September 9, 2021. Coming up on Roland Martin Unfiltered, a new Associated Press investigation reveals 
More than a dozen cases in Louisiana where state troopers conceal evidence of misconduct. In every instance, supervisors ignored and even hid evidence of beatings and impeded efforts to root out wrongdoing. Also in Louisiana, one of the highest ranking state troopers on the scene last night, the Ronald Green, uh, who died two years ago, was accused of lying about the existence of his body cam video to keep it from investigators. He will not face any charges or disciplinary actions. The Department of Justice is suing the state of Texas about its new, over its new abortion law, calling it blatantly unconstitutional. The R. Kelly trial resumes after a three-day recess. Today's witness claims Kelly held her captive for days. Talk about COVID and religion. Does getting the vaccine mean you don't have faith? We'll talk about that with Reverend Jeff Carr and Mississippi Dr. Justin Turner, whose governor said there's no need to fear the virus if you believe in Christ. Another crazy ass white woman loses her job. It is time to bring the funk. I'm Roland Mark Unfiltered. Let's go. He's got it. Whatever the miss, he's on it. Whatever it is, he's got the scoop. The Indeed, trouble in the state of Louisiana. A new Associated Press investigation identifies at least a dozen cases in which Louisiana state troopers concealed or ignored evidence of misconduct. Folks, 67% uh, of the altercations involving use of force in recent years have targeted African Americans. That's double the percentage of the state's black population. Now, get this the findings reveal a former officer, Jacob Brown, was involved in 23 use of force cases dating to 2015. 19 of them were black. Jacob resigned in March and is charged with aggravated second degree battery and malfeasance in office. Now, that's that case there. You also have this case where a high ranking Louisiana police officer would not face any charges or disciplinary action related to the death of Ronald Green. Lieutenant John Clary was cleared of all misconduct charges related to the violent death of the black motorist in 2019. Clary was accused of lying about the existence of his body cam video to keep it from state police investigators. However, officials say a lack of evidence has yielded no form of discipline for the officer. In 2019, Ronald Green was killed after being viciously beaten by Louisiana police officers during a traffic stop. Folks, serious issues with police there in Louisiana. And so normally what you would have is you would have the state police who would be investigating these cases, but clearly by the AP investigation, you have problems with the state police. Joining me right now is Louisiana State Representative Ted James. Representative James, glad to have you on Roland Martin Unfiltered and uh, the Black Star Network. First and foremost, um, you know, the Louisiana State Troopers are supposed to be the best of the best. They are supposed to be the agency that investigates crimes uh, happening around the state, especially those involving police officers. Here you have 
supervisors, bosses, hiding evidence, lying. Why are heads not rolling among Louisiana State Police? What is Governor John you know, Bill Edwards doing? We have, um, as, as a caucus, we've called on the federal government because our governor has um, been very slow to respond. Um, when these allegations first came to light last year due to the work of the NAACP here and the AP, uh, we requested a new colonel. We got a new colonel, an African-American colonel. And it seems like every week we're learning of a new lie, um, a new um, cover-up. We are, I, I listened to you articulate, um, you know, what's going on with Lieutenant Colonel Cleary. Um, not a single officer, not a single trooper has been disciplined for the death of Ronald Green. On the other hand, a black trooper who has um, come out and has provided information about all of the cover-ups, about all of the use of force issues in state police, he's been removed. So you have a black man who has come to light with information that has received a more strict discipline than any of the troopers that were involved in the Ronald Green death. Uh, we have a, a huge problem here at Louisiana State Police, and that's why the, the Black Caucus has asked the feds to come in and do a full-scale investigation. Um, again, uh, so Lieutenant John Clary was actually a Louisiana State trooper. Yes. Okay. So he was not a police officer. He was a state trooper. And so yes. these, so this AP story, we talk about, uh, you know, all these different things here. Uh, this is wrapped up in it. And even in that Green story, they lied about what actually happened to Green. Oh, they, they told his family that he died in a car accident. Um, and when we saw the, the pictures of the car, we knew that he didn't die in a car accident. And it took us um, almost threatening the administration to make sure that they allowed Ronald Green's family to see the video. The video that, that we saw that was leaked a few months ago, um, the family and, and some of us, and I saw that video last year, and we knew within the first few minutes um, that the, the troopers on the scene, not only the troopers on the scene, not, not only did they lie, um, but their superiors, and, and Cleary being one of them, one of the highest-ranking ones that was on the scene, um, he lied. And we saw that he was rewarded with, um, not only was he not disciplined, he has a, a high-profile job. He was all on national television escorting around one of um, our football coaches. He's since been removed from that. Um, but the problem is, um, I don't want him removed from a detail. I want him removed from the agency at large. And, and so the fact that you have Clary, no disciplinary action against him, even though he basically lied, he said one thing with the body cam footage said uh, another thing, uh, and the fact that they said that he died in a car accident when we now know that's an absolute, absolute lie. Seriously, no action? Look, Cleary, not only did he lie about what the footage showed, he lied about the existence of the footage. And it wasn't until almost a year later that the footage was discovered. Now, the, the, the main trooper who um, beat Ronald Green committed suicide the day um, he learned that he was going to be um, terminated. Uh, there were still troopers on the scene that deserved to be brought to justice, right? If myself and you and one of our, another friend of ours, if we go and beat the hell out of somebody and I kill myself, you will certainly be charged, right? As an accessory, I could list at least five or six different things that these troopers can, should be charged with. Um, and right now, we're, we're waiting on the federal government. Of course, 
Um, there's a, a DA in North Louisiana who, um, if he wanted to, he could pursue charges now. You know, I, I understand, um, and way too often these cases, district attorneys tell us we're going to wait and see what happens with the federal government. But you can move independent. Yeah, of they don't have to. They don't have to. In fact, to in fact, the feds wait on the state folks. You know, and what we're seeing, um, I certainly, th there is one glimmer of hope, and it's very small. Um, I would not have trusted uh, Donald Trump Justice Department to do the right thing. Um, so um, there is a small glimmer of hope in that there's a new administration, right? I'm hoping that this administration does not let us down. Um, I've had countless conversations with the DOJ um, because our caucus sent a letter to um, the Civil Rights Division, and we've asked not just with the Ronald Green, because we already know. Ray Charles can see that they lied about Ronald Green. We've asked for a full-scale, top-to-bottom investigation into the entire department, because what we've learned is that not only have these things been accepted, they've been cheered on. We, we have countless reports of, of text messages where troopers have bragging about beating the hell out of people and, and, and bragging about the fact that they're going to think about that beating for a long time. Um, they're one of the attorneys uh, for state police whose husband is a trooper. Uh, there, there have been reports about how she's coached troopers um, to get out of use of force complaints by charging um, motorists in the state, most of them black, with resisting arrest. Um, she's since been removed. Uh, but not fired. So th there are issues that are deeply ingrained. And, you know, for me, um, I'm one that asked the governor to make sure that we put somebody at, at the top of state police, somebody, a man of color. Uh, and, you know, as much as I respect Colonel Davis, I'm starting to lose confidence in his leadership because every week we're learning of something else um, that has been a lie, um, something else that has been a cover-up at state police. What is also confusing here is that uh, when you talk about Cleary lying, he said that he did not have any body cam footage. That's a lie. Mm -hmm. But the investigators call them mischaracterizations. I'm sorry, that's a lie. Yeah, it's a bold-faced lie. Um, and you mentioned it uh, very plainly. The, the unfortunate thing is we have to look at not just the issues within state police, but every single use of force incident that they have investigated for other law enforcement agencies, now all of those things have come into question. Because if you know that there's a pattern of acceptance, if there's a pattern of cheering on troopers that are beating the hell out of black people, of course they're going to overlook when black people get their heads bashed in by other agencies. Um, so, in this request that we made to the feds, I think we need to go back at every single use of force complaint, every single officer-involved incident that the state police has been called upon to investigate prior to 2016, when we knew all of these issues were... 2019, when we knew all of these issues were taking place. Um, and, yeah, more pressure needs to be placed on the governor. He's a Democrat. Uh, without black folks, he would not have been re-elected. Uh, we absolutely know that. Uh, and he needs to step up, not be scared of Republicans, uh, and have the courage to do, frankly, what Mitch Landrieu did when he was the mayor of New Orleans, when he called in the federal government right. to study and assess right. the, uh, the, the, the corrupt New Orleans Police Department. Look, and, and we've been putting pressure on it. The governor is a, is a friend of mine. I, I stood on the stage with him both times. Uh, when, when he won. And this is not something that, that we have um, allowed him to just 
um, escape. Uh, right now, of course, you know, we're in the middle of still recovering from a natural disaster, but this is still an issue for the caucus. Uh, we had one of our members send a letter out um, today. We've requested every single use of force incident from January 1st, 2019 to present. Um, what has been the disposition? What is the race of the, the person um, that alleged some type of use of force against state police? Um, what were they initially charged with? We still don't know today why the state police, why they were even trying to apprehend Ronald Green. Here we are almost three years later. We still don't know what the underlying issue was. But we do know is that they lied, and we do know that they killed that brother. Mm, mm, mm. Louisiana State Representative uh, Ted James, we certainly appreciate it. Certainly uh, keep us abreast of what happens uh, with uh, this case. Thank you, sir. Want to bring want to bring in my panel right now, Dr. Greg Carr. He is, of course, professor with Afro American Studies, Howard University. Also, Reese Colbert, Black Women Views, Raja Muhammad, radio and TV host. Glad to have all uh, three of you here. This is one of the things that we consistently talk about, uh, Reese, when people say, "Oh, good cops, good cops, good cops, bad cops." Yeah, but the bottom line is this: here, uh, he. This is not one. This is not two. Mm -hmm. This is not three. This is more than a dozen, uh, and I dare say. There's probably more if you really, really keep looking. Absolutely. I mean, this is basically state-sanctioned terrorism against black members of the community who are just going about their business. I mean, in some cases, there were people who were suspected of doing some serious crimes, but I don't understand how a traffic stop escalates to the point of death. And then the amount of... Um, of lying and concealing about these things is is very troubling and distressing. But the worst part is that even when it does come to light, there are no consequences. Investigations are worthless. When all of these investigations do is say there's not enough evidence, well, change the standard of proof, change the burden of proof, bring some charges in these cases, find something to charge you with. Just like when y'all find something to charge black people with, when you go fucking with black people and arrest them, you call them call it resistant arrest. Find some trumped-up charge to try to get some of these cops and these state troopers who are out here terrorizing black and Latino people. And, and it's not just that they're the only victims. There was a, a white victim that was beaten to a pulp beyond recognition as well. The other thing I will say is this is where the Merrick Garland Justice Department needs to step in and resume the practice of uh, patterning practices investigations. I know I say investigations aren't aren't very useful, but the consent decrees does actually inject a level of federal oversight that absolutely needs to be there, and it requires some reforms to be made where maybe there's no political will. You mentioned uh, Governor uh, John Bill Edwards to go up against the police. That's where the federal government comes in. That's where the Department of Justice comes in and hopefully gives some degree of change. But there's no justice for the Ronald Green family, and it's, it's really, really um, just so just troubling, uh, beyond troubling, to, to understand the, 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 the insidiousness of what these troopers were up to and what they're probably still up to to this day, because nobody is having any reason to do anything differently. Check this out, Faraji. Cleary, who arrived at the scene, uh, go to my computer, please. Um, Cleary, who arrived at the scene just seconds after troopers stunned, choked, and punched Green to get him into handcuffs, told investigators that Green, quote, was still yelling and screaming, and he was still resisting, even though he was handcuffed. He was still trying to get away and was not cooperating. Investigators wrote in a six-page report filed less than three weeks ago 
that Cleary's description of Green's demeanor after he was cuffed on a dark roadside near Monroe was clearly a mischaracterization, also known as a lie. Though they, they did not state it explicitly, the false statements were apparently intended to justify further uses of force by troopers against the prone Green that included dragging him face down by his ankle shackles and spraying him in the face with pepper spray. Quote, the video evidence in this case does, does not show Green screaming, resisting, or trying to get away, Detective Albert Paxton wrote in the new report. The only screams revealed by the video were when Green responded to force applied to him. The report adds, added that Cleary's, Cleary's own video published last week by the Associated Press and later released by the state shows Green, quote, lying on the ground, face down, handcuffed behind his back, leg shackles on his ankles, uttering the phrases, I'm sorry, or I'm scared, or yes, sir, or okay. Green was forced to be face down for nine minutes. And this is what Clary yelled. Don't you turn over. Lay on your belly. Lay on your belly. Trooper Corey, Corey York yells before briefly dragging Green by the chain that connects his ankle shackles. Lieutenant Clary's video clearly shows Green to be suffering, Paxton wrote in the new report, adding that the handcuffed man can be heard, quote, gasping for air. Though what happens to Green next cannot be seen on the video, investigators wrote that, quote, Green's eyes are squeezed shut as he shakes his head back and forth, moaning in pain, movements consistent with having been sprayed in the face with pepper spray. So you mean to tell me all of that and they can't figure out what in the hell to charge this guy with or write him up? Yes, and, 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 and Brother Roland, I think that we need to, to say it. Clary needs to go to prison. Um, the whole police, the damn police department needs to be broken down. When I heard uh, the representative talking about the, uh, the fact of the Justice Department coming in, we know that of uh, the pattern of practice, investigation, and all of that. The, the, the big thing is that the United States federal government, the Department of Justice, has the power to come in and to really dismantle police departments and start them back up again. Why they have not done that, I don't know. But I'm, I'm, I'm happy that they, they, they're, they're starting an investigation. But they need to go in, like, the same way they went in, what we saw with Ferguson after Mike Brown, they need to go in and just completely fire everybody and, and, or lock people up. And, and that's all that has to be done, because the trust of the American people is totally gone. I mean, of, of the people of Louisiana. There can't be no trust, especially among black folks. And I saw that based upon this report, Brother Roland, 67% of those who have been involved in being brutalized by the police are black people. So when you have that number, when you have these things, and then when you have that type of evidence, you have the body cam footage, you have the other officers, you got an officer who killed himself. I mean, this is all leading to the fact that these jokers were guilty. And, and one big thing, very quickly, that we have to keep in mind a, uh, uh, there was another story about um, some years ago about what has happened in Minneapolis, what has been happening in Portland. The problem comes down to you can give people good guidelines, but they have to have the heart, the mind, and the spirit to follow the rules. And when you're seeing that they, that a police officers don't have that, then only a few things got to happen. One is either the federal government got to intervene and be broken down by the Department of Justice. Two. Uh, the, 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 the state 
that is responsible for the funding of the government, they have to be brought to task. Or three, you got to go to the police union in that state and bust the hell up that police union because police unions serve as like gangs in protecting their own. And so if we don't go after the, the, the go to the root of the problem, which is corruption within the police departments and these unions, then we're not going to see the justice that we deserve. Check this out, um, uh, Greg. Uh, go back to my uh, uh, computer, please. Another false statement noted in the report was when Cleary told investigators that his troopers sat Green up and, quote, immediately held his head up so he could get a clear airway. Clary's video, <coughs> however, showed troopers saying they didn't want to sit Green up because they were afraid he would spit blood on them. Then don't do that, Cleary tells them. Even after Green became unresponsive and troopers sat him up, his head was slumped down on his chest and they did not make a move to lift his head to make a clear airway for nearly six minutes. How does all of that happen? And, and you, you don't charge anyone. I, I have repeatedly said on this show that laws must be changed, that if you or Reese or Faraji or myself, if any of us lied to police, they could charge us. Mm -hmm. Cops lie, nothing happens. To me, the least you can do is simply discipline him by saying you knowingly lied to investigators and you should, he should be fired and should be facing some type of charges. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the one thing we might have to say, Don said, is that we must use all tools at our disposal, elected officials, the courts, right. the Justice Department. So that's number one. But, 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 I'll, but I'll say, having said that, there's no we. There's no historical evidence for any concept called the American people. The legal framework is one thing. The, the, the historical, cultural, social entity is quite another. You see, uh, and shout out, by the way, to uh, both Louisiana Tech and Mississippi State for continuing to employ uh, cats like John Clary, because the thing that black people are useful for is running them down a football field. And ask yourselves a question. Do a little research. And let's ask ourselves, when did, uh, when did state troopers need to be there to protect football coaches? You, I suspect if you tug on the history of the slave economic concern, some people call it the Southeastern Conference, you will probably find some race involved there as well, because they take their football quite seriously in hey, this country. Yeah, actually, you're right, because I mean, I've seen many games, and I'm sitting there going, why, why are there troopers? Why? I mean, first of all, you got university police. Football teams have security. Why? And, and uh, it's a thing now when you watch all these games where you have these state troopers next. It's, 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 it's weird to me as well. Well, well, Roland, I think that's actually a very good question. I know you just came back from Fisk. You might put some of your young journalist lieutenants on that to do that research because I think what we'll find is that uh, football, like everything else in this country, is very militaristic. And so John Clary's at home there. And by the way, uh, the mistake made by the state police training investigator, the instructor, rather, uh, that led to discovering this tape, uh, I'm sure that was a mistake, because I'm sure they were probably using it to, to, to reinforce what you should be able to do to escape punishment. But the, but the key in this is NHI, as the philosopher Sylvia Winter says, there were no humans involved. Let's think about this. The police are an entity, law enforcement. But, it, but the concept of policing has been turned into a verb. What does policing mean when there are no humans involved? It's a mm -hmm. verb managing, hunting, controlling, harming, and killing. Because there mm -hmm. are no humans 
rights involved. Rob Green's not a human being. We have to understand this technique. When you turn off your body camera, you've introduced another layer of obfuscation and murkiness. And so what you're really trying to avoid is the intent standard. And all you have to do to match the intent standard is say, I had another reason. So uh, I'm saying all I have to say this. At the end of the day, we have to understand that these people are our enemies. And by that, I mean anybody who's a human being, these are our common enemies. And if you, there's no murkiness to the side you have to be on. Now, I should mention this as well. It's important to understand that there's also an issue of federalism involved. As we listen to Representative James at the state level, and we talk about the local level, and I agree, everything should be pursued. I agree with everything you said, Faraji, everything you said, Reese. At the same time, we understand that Merrick Garland, whose kind of weakness was one of the reasons he was confirmed as attorney general and even nominated to be on the Supreme Court, is not going to push the limits of the test of federalism. Because mm. what we are seeing now is the state, controlled by white nationalists, are literally testing the limits of federalism. They are daring the federal entity to create this illusion of American community by intervening on open Klansmen. Y'all seen the, the movie The Mac? Remember when the guy says, shade tree, you ain't no pimp. Well, let me just remix that. Shade tree government. You ain't no community. You just a rest haven for the Klan. State by state, they are daring. They are daring something to come into existence which never existed before, namely, quote, the American people. And so I'm encouraged by things like this, because one way or the other, this cat going to be punished. Prison's, on, prison's only one form of punishment. Wait for it. Wait for it. Well, we certainly will see what happens there. And yeah, DOJ, uh, absolutely. Uh, and, and here's the deal. The Civil Rights Division can launch that investigation. That needs to happen. Uh, and that uh, DA in northern Louisiana, yeah, folks, uh, that's called being real, real close uh, with uh, police there. Huh? I said Hurricane Ida didn't hit Louisiana out of coincidence. Well, for, first of all, did he was in a lot of coincidence because Louisiana's frankly is in Hurricane Alley. Uh, mm. I've been from Houston, but the bottom line is this here. Uh, we have seen this before where these white DAs in Louisiana do not want to pursue anything with police officers, which is why you've got to have state authorities like mm -hmm. uh, like state troopers investigate, but they have but they have thugs in that force. This is where DOJ needs to step in. And, and I would hope and I appreciate Representative James saying they've been calling on Louisiana uh, Governor John Bill Edwards, but how about uh, putting even more pressure on him and publicly protesting him uh, mm -hmm. and calling people to the state capitol, calling people to the governor's mansion? That's right. And also, how about calling on black football players at Louisiana State University not Come to on. play? Come on. Come on. See, That's I, right. see, I, I got right. I, I to right. rem remind folks. Come the on, only right. reason, the only reason the Confederate flag is off of the Mississippi State flag, because when that black running back said, I ain't playing, mm -hmm. and then a few other, and then all of a sudden, those white coaches all around Mississippi said, hey, we getting phone calls, black players not coming to Mississippi State and Ole Miss and in uh, Southern Miss and all those schools. That's when Mississippi... Peach said, yeah, we gonna get this thing uh, off our flag, and that's why it is gone. So, mm. again, uh, to uh, all of you parents, all of you parents... That's right. ...who have kids who are playing ball at Louisiana State, football and basketball, 
right. have some conversations with your kids. Mm. And have those black bar... And see, and see, this is real simple. See, see everybody forget. Everybody forgets, Reese, Greg, and Faraji. The University of Missouri football players threatened a boycott. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I remember. Threatened. Yes. Yep. And yep. let me tell you we what happened. Back. Money dried up. Yep. Enrollment dropped. Yep. It, it has taken University of Missouri three years to still recover uh, from that. Same. All I'm saying is, this is where black athletes... Get your little courage like Kaepernick. And, and, and say, no state invest, no 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 federal investigation. We might not play on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Trust me, you'll see how fast the governor mm-hmm. calls for the feds to come in. That's right. So all I'm saying, let's see let us see what they do. And it's not just LSU. Nope. Southern and Grambling. Come on. Mm-hmm. Y'all are state institutions. That's right. Your, those players, you can do the exact same thing. So, let's see uh, what happens here. And so, uh, that's why, folks, uh, you've got to be able to willing uh, to, uh, to call some folks out uh, and use your power. All right, folks, the R. Kelly trial resumed today after a three-day recess. Uh, a woman identified as Sonia testified that R. Kelly raped her after promising her an interview with the artist. The victim claims Kelly held her captive for more than three days in his studio when she was 21 years old. Sonia was the eighth accuser to take the stand against R. Kelly during the trial. Other accounts have often included physical and sexual abuse details, and five of the people testified that they were underage during their first sexual encounters with Kelly. I, I had somebody who, who tweeted me today, um, Faraji, who uh, was not particularly happy with our panel calling out R. Kelly last week, um, and they, they felt that uh, they literally put up free R. Kelly and that we should not... And they, the brother literally said, we should not be attacking another black man. And I'm sitting there going, "Have you, are you not paying attention to what in the hell has actually been said? Come on. Come on. Yeah, it literally uh, happened. I, I mean, I, first and foremost, any joker who says that R. Kelly should be, gone, should be free... I mean, we, we should cancel them. I mean, the, 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 when you go to that situation and, and when you look at what that young lady, Sonia, said, who's a 39-year-old woman, and what she said R. Kelly did to her at 21 years old, and if we understand the impact that sexual abuse has on anybody, but particularly on, on women, you would not be so quick to call that man a genius of any sort of any sort. You would not be so quick to say, oh, we beating up on a black man. What I'm concerned with is that this case, as gruesome, as graphic, as disturbing as this case has been, that it won't push the needle far enough to remove our love for the pimp culture and the exploitation of women in music and media. That's what I'm concerned with. That we, it's easy to cancel one man, but can we cancel a behavior? Can we cancel a whole mindset that hate women and, and that use of women, that abuse women? And so when you look at this case, this case should not just be fodder. And, and look, and I'm, I'm going to say it like this. Have you heard about R. Kelly case since it started? 
Other than this platform, I'm gonna keep it real. I mean, unless you go online, you search it, you read it, you follow it. Other than this platform, we have not really had a very deep conversation outside of this show to talk about what's been going on in this trial, what's been said, and, and the implications of our love for this type of man, and then more importantly, our embracing of a culture that has destroyed women. And so th it, it, this, this case is so big, and it's so important for us to have these conversations. And I truly appreciate you, Brother Roland, for constantly keeping us abreast about it, because we're not talking about it. We're talking about surviving R. Kelly, and then that conversation died down. But if, when you listen to the, to the stories from the people that work with him to about the rules to the, to the victim themselves, nah, you want that joker under a damn jail cell. You would not want to listen to his music. You damn sure wouldn't want to fly with him, and you would not want to do any have anything to do with R. Kelly, Robert Sylvester Kelly. Trust and believe. Um, Greg, of course, it is innocent until proven guilty, but frankly, people can still weigh in on what they're hearing, and what we are hearing uh, is shocking, devastating, uh, sick, and demented. It is, Ron. I mean, of course. I mean, who could say it isn't? Uh, but what we have with the R. Kelly case, and it's now 13 years since he was first brought to trial on the same allegations, similar allegations, a lot less detail, of course, than now, what we really have is, is a car crash at the intersection of culture and law. Uh, we, as people of African descent in the modern world system, certainly those of us in the Western Hemisphere, more specifically the United States, have uh, unfortunately continued to fall victim to and now just really occupy a culture that allows for our own dehumanization. Hmm. And the culture is in the, the language, the culture is in the music. Come and on. so, you know, now legally, this guy should be under the jail, of course. That, that's, that's a no-brainer. However, just like somebody reached out to you and said that, the hope of his defense team is there's at least one person like that on the jury. Who, and, and the bigger issue, let's say he goes to jail from now on either here or in the subsequent trials that will come up after this. Let's say that happens. That's one guy. The deeper question is, what about every hip-hop artist, every R&B artist, every soul yep. artist, every cultural yep. artist, every movie producer, every video maker who has reinforced the culture of dehumanization, not only against black women and men, but against even the very notion of blackness, and then wraps it up into, I'm just expressing myself. See, this is the problem. <laughs> and then until we address that underlying problem, then the difference for me between R. Kelly and Jay-Z is just a question of, well, who did the most egregious acts and the, the shock of the individual incident that can send one to jail? But when I turn on the radio, quite frankly, I can't tell the difference. Racy. Well, if you were upset, then let me give you something to be mad about. If you can identify with R. Kelly personally, then you're a motherfucking degenerate. Point blank period. And maybe your ass need to be up under the jail right along with R. Kelly. Okay? Mm. So let's instead of talking about protecting the legacy and the the uh, the black man who was sitting up there allegedly until proven guilty, I guess, um, raping and terrorizing and kidnapping and abusing women, men, children, families. 
the if you can justify that because he's a black man, there's something seriously wrong and demented with your mentality. It's nothing wrong with us talking about it. It's something wrong with your ass and how you think, okay? So why don't we put a little bit more emphasis on protecting victims, on protecting mm-hmm. girls, boys, people, black people, the community, how about that, from a sexual predator? Why don't we put more emphasis on that than the fact mm-hmm. that you like R. Kelly's bump and grind or mm-hmm. 12 plaques? Come on. Check yourself. That's Don't come right. over here with that mess. Check yourself and your fucked up mentality. That's right. Period. I'm trying to say, I'm trying, there was at least one MF, at least four Fs. Uh, so, <laughs> sorry. Uh... <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Because I'm, I, like, we're not going to normalize that kind of comment. Oh, you were literally trying to check us for talking about testimony in the court of law under the threat of perjury or, or of criminal or penalties, and you're trying to check us because we're talking about what this man, this degenerate, this pedophile, this sexual serial predator allegedly is doing? Check come yourself. On. Don't come over here with that. Check yourself. Look in the mirror. And we need to be find out who the hell your ass is around. If you think that what he's done is something that's redeemable, that should be protected, that should be shielded, what the hell is wrong with you? This time right. wrong with you, not us. And not the Roller Martin Unfiltered show. That's right. That's right. Hey, Roland, it's okay. Reese, got to say that in the words of Miss Lauren Hill. I add a motherfucker so you ignorant Negroes hear me. <laughs> <laughs> in other words, you can't... That's I mean, the only way we can communicate. I'm sorry. You know, she... she Intellectually, it didn't work. It didn't register with intellectual. So let me throw, <laughs> let me throw one of those up, and maybe you'll hear it, and you can, you can hate tweet me, and you can fry me up in the YouTube comments, and you can say whatever the hell you want to say. But I said what I said. Fuck R. Kelly and you too. How about that? That's not unbiased. That's my opinion. <laughs> gotcha. All right, folks. Texas. Uh, they're facing a federal lawsuit over the state's new law banning uh, most abortions. The Department of Justice says the law was enacted in open defiance of the U.S. Constitution. Attorney General Merrick Garland is asking a federal judge to declare the law is invalid to enjoin its enforcement and to protect the rights that Texas has violated. is set out in detail in our complaint. Its basis is as follows. SB 8 bans nearly all abortions in the state after six weeks of pregnancy, before many women even know they are pregnant, and months before a pregnancy is viable. It does so even in cases of rape, sexual abuse, or incest. And it further prohibits any effort to aid the doctors who provide pre-viability abortions or the women who seek them. The act is clearly unconstitutional under long-standing Supreme Court precedent. Those precedents hold, in the words of Planned Parenthood versus Casey, that, quote, regardless of whether exceptions are made for particular circumstances, a state may not prohibit any woman from making the ultimate decision to terminate her pregnancy before viability. Texas does not dispute that its statute violates Supreme Court precedent. Instead, the statute includes an unprecedented scheme to, in the Chief Justice's words, quote, insulate the state from responsibility, close quote. It does not rely on the state's executive branch to enforce the law, 
as is the norm in Texas and everywhere else. Rather, the statute deputizes all private citizens without any showing of personal connection or injury to serve as bounty hunters, authorized to recover at least $10,000 per claim from individuals who facilitate a woman's exercise of her constitutional rights. The obvious and expressly acknowledged intention of this statutory scheme is to prevent women from exercising their constitutional rights by thwarting judicial review for as long as possible. Thus far, the law has had its intended effect. Because the statute makes it too risky for an abortion clinic to stay open, abortion providers have ceased providing. The Texas law known as SB8 uh, prohibits abortions uh, once medical professionals can detect cardiac activity usually around six weeks. That's before uh, some women even know they are pregnant. This law also leaves, law, leaves enforcement to private citizens through civil lawsuits instead of criminal prosecutions. Uh, go to the panel. Uh, Greg, this is the key here. The Department of Justice says you cannot pass a law to just let citizens do whatever the hell they want to do and violate the rights of other citizens by basically putting bounties on them. Mm-hmm. Well, I think actually you can. I think you can. This is, this goes back to a case in the 1920s, Giles versus Alabama, Justice Oliver Wendell Holmes, when confronted with clear voter suppression in the apartheid laws of the time in Alabama, said we could rule on behalf of the black people who are having their right to vote uh, infringed upon, in fact, eliminated. However, who's going to enforce it? So what you see in the white nationalist states of the former confederacy, I say former confederacy, but they're still the confederacy, because it's clearly, if there were law in place, uh, this would be an open and shut case. What, you, what we're seeing is, again, a test of federalism. All these things are of a, of a piece. You see, all over the country, but in the South, where they control these state legislatures, and we know that 30 of the state legislatures of the country are controlled by the white nationalist party, they want to put in place the country they want to live in. You know, the words of Dixie are still in their, in their ears. Oh, I wish I was in the land of cotton. In the land of cotton, you can brutally kill black women and men. In the land of cotton, women have no rights. And so when, when you hear Merrick Garland there with Vanita Gupta, who is where we should place our faith in, Gupta and Kristen Clark, I mean, Merrick Garland, whatever, but we force him into it, right? But what we hear, when Merrick Garland said, he was very careful when he used the phrase bounty hunter, he's drawing from Sonia Sotomayor's dissent when she said the state of Texas has deputized private citizens and made them bounty hunters who can now get, and, they're, and Texas is offering cash prizes to these bounty hunters for civilly prosecuting their neighbors' private, she didn't use the word private, but she's implied private, medical procedures. Now, what is that? What, what, so what do we see today? The United States now substituting itself as plaintiff for the Texas plaintiffs that tried a couple of weeks ago is now going to sue Texas and force these white nationalists, five white nationalists, including, well, yeah, five white nationalists, including Clarence Thomas. See, white nationalists, you don't have to, it's not a phenotype, it's not a race, it's a concept, and, and he's, a, he's a rabid white nationalist as well, Clarence Thomas. They are going to attack and force them to once again affirm their declaration by not intervening, because they're also going to go for an injunction. They're going to say that this deputizing of state action is constitutional. That contradicts the Constitution on a couple of reasons, and I won't go too deep into the detail, but I'll mention this. One is state action. 
See, Texas threw the rock and hit its hand by saying, we can't enforce this law. No, but by deputizing private citizens, you have done the equivalent of allowing the Klan to outright operate like the police. Once state action is involved, you have now triggered the constitutional crime. You've triggered the constitutional, uh, uh, um, uh, the constitutional violation. So this is an open and shut case. But, but, but I suspect what the Supreme Court will do is not allow for an injunction, let this work its way through the courts, and as in that biology lesson that uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez gave the country in that shovel-mouth piece of human refuse, the governor of Texas, as she reminded him, most people don't even know, most women don't even know they're pregnant, because if you miss your period, you late by two weeks, it could be stress, it could be anything else, and I'm not about to get into that. I'm just listening to her basically tell him, you're not a man, you're not a human being, and you want your state to be like every other white national state. You want to turn this into the handmaid's tale. And yet, since you got a handmaid on the court with that last appointment, you think you have the numbers to do it. So I guess we're going to find out. Greasy. Yeah, I mean, one thing I will say, to the extent that, you know, the federal government has the ability to be effective here, and as Dr. Carl pointed out, it really boils down to the Supreme Court. If they're going to go all in with their white supremacy and go all in with their anti-woman, um, you know, philosophy, but to the extent that the federal government can be effective, this is why elections matter, because you do have a Benita Gupta, as you pointed out, Dr. Carr and a Kristen Clark, who could push a Merrick Garland to, to take up this case. If we still had William Barr, forget about it. You know, this wouldn't even be possible. And this type of uh, legal activity would be left to organizations like the NAACP Legal Defense Fund and Planned Parenthood, et cetera, et cetera. So... It's really important that the federal government is involved with this, that they're putting all of their resources behind it. Will it be successful? There's no guarantee about that. But the one other thing I do want to say is, for those who think that this is just simply a woman issue, the bounty mm. part is the part that people should really, really, uh -huh. really, really, really be very troubled with. Because right now it's a bounty on abortion providers or what the broad topic an Uber driver could be considered an abortion provider. But what's the next bounty on? The next bounty right. could be on your head. And do Come we want to deputize white folks pre predominantly? Because we know that's going to be the main people all up in everybody's business. But if we want to deputize white people. They see a black man driving somebody in the car all of a sudden. I think he's an abortion provider. That's right. No, we don't want to do that. Some of y'all don't want to turn over your vaccine cards. You talk about HIPAA, even though that ain't a HIPAA violation and all kind of other stuff. But then when it comes to a woman's privacy, because that's what Roe v. Wade was really about, was privacy, now mm -hmm. y'all up in everybody's business. So like I said, the bounty today is on abortion providers, but what's the next bounty? That, if you don't have any other concern about it, you think it's a woman issue, you think, well, I already had my kids, I'm not concerned about it, or I don't plan on having kids, the bounty issue, because the bounty could be on your head, the bounty could be on your brothers, your husbands, your sons, these are not just women that are affected by it, it could be on anybody's head. And I don't trust that. For Yeah, I mean, I think just to, let's just keep it clear. The bounty that we're talking about is $10,000. That's what Merrick Garland said, that the law deputizes private citizens to serve as bounty hunters authorized to recover at least $10,000 per claim from individuals who facilitate a woman's exercise of her constitutional rights. Again... We have a human rights issue that becomes a, a, a money grab. So if you have an individual 
who's looking for a come up. And this is this is I mean, look, we got to talk about the fact that this is the sad state of affairs that we find our citizens, the citizens of America in, that you got to put a price attached to human beings at all costs. So we're capitalizing on the pain of women. And then let's look at what has happened with the uh, uh, the Texas uh, state's, uh, state's attorney had to say about this whole situation. He tweeted out that the administration, speaking of the Biden administration, quote, should focus on fixing the border crisis, Afghanistan, the economy, and countless other disasters instead of meddling in state sovereign rights. Well, first of all, we know Ken Paxton's stupid. Uh, and he needs <laughs> and he needs to be in prison with his corrupt ass. So that's right. And so that's right. I mean, that's just that's just a reality right there. Uh, folks, hold tight, hold tight one second. Got to go to break. We come back. Uh, we're going to talk about COVID and a lot of people are calling asking for a religious exemption. Hmm. Really? Even one uh, black singer. Uh, she was supposed to sing the national anthem at an NFL game. She said, "I'm not getting vaccinated." They were like, "Your ass ain't singing." And Megan Kelly, you know, Megan White Santa Kelly, you know, Megan Blackface at Halloween Kelly, that Megan Kelly, she's offended, angry, upset, highly bothered at the national anthem, at the black national anthem is going to be sung at every NFL game. She says, this is an affront to, quote, average Americans. Ooh, y'all know I can't wait for crazy as white people. Megan, you're today's star. That is next on Roller Martin Unfiltered, right here on the Black Star Network. I believe that people our age have lost the ability to focus the, the discipline on the art of organizing. The challenges, there's so many of them and they're complex and we need to be moving to address them. But I'm able to say, watch out Tiffany, I know this road. That is so freaking dope. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully put another nail in the coffin of racism. You talk about awakening America, it led to a historic summer of, of protest. I hope our younger generation don't ever forget that nonviolence is soul force. Right. Hey, I'm Taj. I'm Coco. And I'm Lily. And we're SWV. What's up, y'all? It's Ryan Destiny, and you're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered. As COVID rips through America with the highly transmittable uh, Delta and Mu variants in 49 states, President Joe Biden announces his six-point plan to fight COVID. In the plan, is requiring all federal workers and federal contractors to get the vaccine, companies 100 or more. That's part of his vaccinating and, and the unvaccinated prong of the initiative. Also, furthering protection for the vaccinated, keeping schools safety open, keeping schools uh, safely open, increasing testing and requiring masks, protecting our economic recovery and improving care for those with COVID-19. Biden says there are too many ways to keep this pandemic under control if folks use them. 
the pandemic of the unvaccinated. And it's caused by the fact that despite America having unprecedented and successful vaccination program, despite the fact that for almost five months, free vaccines have been available in 80,000 different locations, we still have nearly 80 million Americans who have failed to get the shot. Department of Labor is developing an emergency rule to require all employers with 100 or more employees that together employ over 80 million workers to ensure their workforces are fully vaccinated or show a negative test at least once a week. Now, Biden's approval rating has, has decreased uh, as a result of COVID, but also if you look at Afghanistan, a recent vote, 52% of Americans approve of his handling of COVID uh, pandemic. That's down from June 62% when folks were surveyed. Now, uh, pediatric uh, COVID cases are at an all-time high with more than a quarter of a million last week. In Miami, 13 school employees have died due to COVID in the past month. Nation nationally, there are 41.4 million reported cases. 671,468 folks have died. Now, 54% of the U.S. population is fully vaccinated. Health leaders are urging those eligible to get vaccinated to slow the spread of the virus. Now, the evangelical response to COVID is varied. Some religious leaders are begging people to take the vaccine. Others have said faith should be enough. The governor of Mississippi, Tate Reeves, believes Christians are a little less afraid of COVID due to their faith. Given the high transmission rate of COVID in Mississippi, Governor, I wanted to ask you about comments you made Thursday evening at a political fundraiser up in the Memphis area, where you said that people in Mississippi and the Mid-South were a little less scared about COVID. Uh, when you believe in, in eternal life, when you believe that living on this earth is but a blip on the screen and you don't have to be so scared of things. I was wondering if you could um, expound a little bit upon those comments, what you meant by that and whether you have any concern that that might um, take away people's willingness to take preventative measures. Yeah, well, well, thank you for that question, Emily. What I meant when I said that is exactly what I said, and I feel certain that you have read uh, the article in which uh, the very next sentence after I said what you just asked, uh, I also said that the Bible also teaches us to take necessary precautions and in, in our state and in our nation right now, there are certainly necessary precautions that we can take uh, with respect to COVID. Uh, but I believe very strongly in, um, in my faith. I believe very strongly in what the Bible says. And, and the Bible is very clear that who, whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And that is um, my worldview. It's how I believe. It's what drives me uh, every single day. And I think it's what drives a, a large number of Mississippians. Um, we should take necessary precautions with respect to COVID, but we also understand that we, we do have everlasting life if we believe in Jesus, if we believe in God the Father, and I certainly do. Mm, joining me now, Reverend Jeff Carr, founder of the Infinity Fellowship uh, in Nashville, Tennessee, and Dr. Justin Turner, CEO of Turner Care. Uh, glad to have both of you here. Uh, i got to ask you this here, uh, Pastor, Pastor Carr. Um, it's a whole bunch of preachers who died of COVID. 
early on last year, there were about 30 to, 30, 30 to 40 black preachers who passed away. Then, of course, you have Bishop Harry Jackson, who preached uh, Easter in the White House uh, in the Oval Office with Donald Trump last year, who was dead a few months later due to COVID, because he was trying to, he was around an Amy Coney Barrett uh, super spreader event. Uh, he got it. He died. So um, when you listen to these people, and I see these people on social media, they're like, I'm good, I got God. A lot of us got God too, but we also ain't stupid. We also understand that God has provided knowledge and wisdom to scientists and doctors. Indeed, Roland. Um, I think it's important, though, that we pay attention to the words of Dr. Maya Angelou, who reminded us that when someone shows you who they are, do yourself a favor and believe them the first time. We're dealing with a crisis between belief and provable fact. Let me spend a second here kind of laying the backdrop for this. Tate Reeves is a true believer. Governor Bill Lee in Tennessee is a true believer. Donald Trump, he professes to be a true believer. I really do appreciate when any true believer demonstrates to me who they are. With that said, let's explore what belief is and how it fits into the context of this discussion around coronavirus, COVID-19, the Delta variant, and everything that is affecting us right now. What is belief? This is what we have to define. Belief simply defined is what exists in the absence of provable fact. See, belief is the space in the gap. I'm not a person who teaches in my congregation that is interspiritual, that is interfaith. I don't teach people to believe. I teach people to know. When you deal with belief, belief takes you down a path that will leave you at each other's throat. Your belief is crafted by how you were raised, your faith in the God of your understanding. And oftentimes, that religion, that background, especially if you're an evangelical, if you're dealing with a single deity religion, you are taught to believe that at all costs. It does not matter what the facts are. This is why people who believe in Donald Trump will not listen to facts. This is why people who believe in R. Kelly will not listen to facts. This is why people who believe in what Tate Reeves and what Bill Lee believe, they don't listen to facts. They will look at the 40 million plus people infected. They will look at the 176 million cases that are going throughout and spreading in the Delta variant, and it does not matter to them. There are three words that define a true believer. Those three words are, I don't care. You've seen it when you have someone who believes that the, the murderer in their family, the serial killer in their family is a good guy. You'll see one that in people who believe that their path is stronger than another path. It is a space where there is an absence of fact. So, yes, it does not surprise me that people believe in God and they believe that God is going to save them, even in the face of the facts. The facts tell us this dis-ease is killing us. The facts tell us that we have to wear our masks. The facts tell us that there is this overlapping space of the Delta variant that is very real and there. The issue is that when we reach this crossroads between belief and fact, much of what we consider religion now, the dogmatic spaces, 
push us to a space where we proclaim ourselves believers, everyone else is vilified as a non-believer. And once we do that, we're in a space of I don't care. When you reach a space of I don't care, you not only care about yourself, you don't care about me. And that is why we're seeing the spread of this particular variant, and that's why we're in the midst of this crisis right now. Uh, Dr. Uh, Turner, we have seen uh, some of these crazy, deranged, uh, white, evangelical, conservative preachers uh, say, rip that mask off your face, and if you even, I, I forgot that, that fool, I forgot the name of that nut, uh, Greg is Greg Locke, something like that, uh, who said yes, that, oh, oh, oh if, 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 um, if, if you, if you come in my church with a mask on, I'm gonna send you right back out. I'm like, dude, are you really that stupid? I mean, it, it is, it is as if, uh, they are not paying any attention whatsoever as to, as to how, when COVID first started, the two biggest super spreaders for COVID were weddings and funerals. Yeah, uh, thank you so much for the opportunity to be here. You know, um, unfortunately, a lot of people are more married to politics than they are to purpose. And, you know, Raven Carr did a, just a great job explaining a lot of information that I hope it didn't go over people's head because it was really, really critical. There's a difference between belief and facts. And this whole, you know, thing about Christianity, Christianity is active. It's not passive. So this whole God got me attitude, while it already ignores the fact that there have been several Christians, to include black pastors. We had a black pastor here in Mississippi that died not too long ago who didn't take it serious, who didn't take the precautions, who was not vaccinated, joining already the more than 90 percent of people in the hospital who have COVID who are not vaccinated. So while this whole idea of God got me ignores the fact that we've already had spiritual leaders who died from it, who didn't take precautions, it also diverges away from the fact that in Scripture, for the most part, anytime there was an act of healing, there was an active participant. So Christianity is active, is not passive. So if you look at the lady who hemorrhaged, she bled for years and years and years, she reached out and touched the hem of his garment. When you look at the man that was blind, before he can see, Jesus took a poultice and put on his eye and told him to wash them. When the man who, you know, was lame, you know, before he could walk, Jesus told him to rise up and walk. So Christianity requires activity. So I've had patients who come to my office and, I mean, not too long ago, just a couple of weeks ago, a lady who had diabetes, she, she was like that, you know, I need a refill on my insulin. You know, I need you to give me this particular medicine for it. Um, there's patients who want to lose weight. Doc, I just want some Adipex. You know, I just need to need to lose weight. They don't want to eat right. You know, they don't want to exercise. But then when I ask them about the vaccine, oh, Doc, I'm going to get that to God. You know, God got me on that one. And I say, so are you saying that God doesn't have you on the weight loss? Are you saying that God doesn't have you on the diabetes? Because he, he's the same God. And I let them know, and to your listening audience, I'm actually a doctor that believes in God. I don't have a problem proclaiming my faith. Matter of fact, the thing in maternity care is treating the whole person. Studies show that patients who have spiritual health do have higher clinical outcomes compared to other people. So I'm not sitting here being anti-Christian, but also I'm not going to let you pull the wolves over my eyes and make it seem as if this whole God got me attitude is basically an excuse for you to not be vaccinated when we see the proof in the pudding every day with spiritual God-led people who are saying God got me, but in reality, they're mixing up Christianity with religion. Uh, 
Reese, uh, the singer Victory Boyd, um, she was supposed to do the national anthem. The NFL season opens tonight, uh, but uh, she got canceled by the NFL because she refused uh, vaccine for religious reasons. Um, now, uh, she's been catching a lot of flack because she posted this story from the Epoch Times, uh, one of the crazy, deranged right-wing sites that has been publishing all sorts of uh, nonsensical misinformation, and it is a Trump organ. But this is what she wrote. She said, America from its inception was a dream, a dream of a place that champions equality, liberty, and justice for all people, a dream of a place that honors each individual and our God-given right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. There's always been a fight to make this dream into a reality, from the Revolutionary War to the Civil War to the Civil Rights Movement to the Prison Reform Movement and beyond, freedom has never been won without conflict. We're in a pretty scary time right now where discrimination and segregation is becoming socially acceptable and few are doing anything to resist. People are losing jobs, being denied service at restaurants, concert venues, and airports here in America, all because of their deeply held convictions or medical conditions. From New York to California and even in states such as Florida, where I lost this opportunity of a lifetime, I've made peace with not being able to sing the national anthem tomorrow for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But I have not and will not make peace with the re-emergence of segregation and discrimination. This is not okay, and it's about time that we say so. Click and share the link in my bio to read the full story. Seriously. Ooh, I'm not going to curse in front of, you know, God's children in front of First the First of all, hold up, hold up. In the last segment, hold up, hold up. In the, hold up, hold up. In the last segment, he was on hold. I was watching him on the monitor. So, hell, you were cussing in front of him in the last segment. Forgive well, me, I'll Pam. Off Forgive. myself, man. You, they, there it is. This is real talk tonight, Reese. Be, be yourself. Be who you are. I, I'm not one of these traditional believers space. I'm a spiritual practice space. And since we are in a, a society where our language is limited because of the thousands of languages that we no longer have, sometimes mm -hmm. using a word that is considered profane is all according to who's defining that. And I think that Webster is not one of us. So be yourself. So, Reese, he, he just gave you push the cuss. Go on. Go ahead. Go on. Go on. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Okay. First of all, I'm just trying to figure out what planet she's living in. America and, and its inception was all about free, uh, freedom and equality. I'm not going to say the big word. Girl, please. <laughs> or, how about this? Pat, I'm cover up your side for my screen. Anthony, go to a full screen of Reese. <laughs> Get rid of the split screen. Go to full no, screen no, of Reese. No, no, okay, no, Reese, Re okay, Reese, go ahead. I got you. I, I didn't cut in front of the pastor. I got I you. Go ahead. Go no, ahead. No, but uh, motherfucker, please. I mean, come on. Like, let's be real, okay? And let me say this. When you talk about segregation and this, that, and the other, it's called quarantining. Okay, it's called forced quarantine. Now, if it was Ebola that was sitting up here uh, spreading the way that um, COVID is and people was coming into a restaurant with blood coming out their eyes and legions all over their bodies, you would be like, get this person the hell away from me. They don't have a right to walk into this restaurant looking crazy like that. But because COVID is not as visual as some of these other really infectious diseases, it's not as deadly either as Ebola. I'm not saying that. But my whole point is, this isn't segregation. It's called quarantining. When you are more at risk, if you've been exposed to people, if you are a person who's more likely to have COVID and spread it, then your ass has to quarantine. So this isn't segregation. 
Mm. It's called public health. Since you don't want to be a part of that contract that we're making, then you have to, you know, you have to deal with the consequences of that. So now you don't get to perform at the NFL, but do not, do not, do not, do not compare quarantining, basically, with Jim Crow. There is no comparison. There is absolutely no comparison. People have a right to get the vaccine or not. That is their right. But people have a right to set up the most safe measures possible for success, for success, success for their business, success for their event, success for their home, their schools, etc. And if that includes excluding you, then that's unfortunately the, the, the contract that you made by deciding not to get vaccinated. Um, Faraji, the Catholic Church uh, came out uh, and made it clear that they were not going to be handing out um, uh, get-out-of-jail-free cards. Uh, and they said, no, there will not be religious exemptions given, uh, given by us. Uh, uh, and so, but, but it is very interesting, it's very interesting, uh, the folks who are invoking religion for this reason, um, when you also have church leaders who are saying the opposite. And so you sort of have, you sort of have this tug that's going on, whether you're talking about Christianity, whether you're talking about uh, Muslims, whether you're talking about uh, Buddhists, whether you're talking about, uh, folk, uh, again, folks of different faiths, how, where this uh, struggle is actually happening uh, on, the, on the religious uh, uh, field. Yeah, I mean, I, I think this is in... We're, we're getting into some very murky waters, and I think that this is why I said, at the, you know, a few weeks ago when we, when I was on the show, that you're going to go... It's a slippery slope. Here, here's the thing. If this country is supposed to be based on Judeo-Christian principles, right, it's supposed to be based on religious freedoms. If this country doesn't honor and respect the stance of any faith institution that is saying that, hey, we're not going to uh, encourage our members to, uh, to get vaccinated, then if, if the country doesn't honor that, then the country is going to put itself in a hypocritical position when it says one nation under God. The fact remains that, you know, America doesn't... It's not a country that follows God. It's a country that follows whatever it, it's a, what's, you know, whatever is important for their for, for political agenda and economic agenda that that is that is laid in front of us. I don't see any problem with a church, mosque, uh, uh, temple, or any other religious institution issuing exemption. However, if the if if the local local, state, or federal government should not respect that. Then, then what are you saying? Then what are you saying? That's the slippery slope. What is going to be said? First is this, and now it's something else. And, and I think that is the big concern. And I think that people, just because, of, you know, we go back and forth on this, but just because a person says, look, I'm deciding not to take this vaccine because it's my religious right, I just don't think it's, you know, the right thing, you should respect that. That should be respected. But but but, but, but a person's but, but if you he, start to intervene in people's beliefs, then you 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 are going against the very fundamental principle of what this country said it stands for. But, but Greg, the, the government is not going against people's religious beliefs. And in the see, this is what to me the, the separation is really here. An individual can make their own decision. Absolutely. But there are consequences to that decision. And so, 
if an entity or a company says, this is our policy, okay, your religious decision, that's fine. But if it runs counter to a, to a company, in the case of the NFL, the NFL made it clear Anyone who is going to be coming into our stadiums, uh, singing national anthem around our personnel has to be vaccinated. She says, I'm not getting vaccinated for religious reasons. Okay, you're not singing. They respecting her space, but, but, the, but, but the bottom line is, this is what we call a consequence of a person's decision. Yeah, it's just that open and shut. I mean, that's it. You 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 decide what you want to do, and, and actions have consequences. Um, and to quote Christopher Wallace, Biggie Smalls, you know, it was all a dream. <laughs> I used to read Word Up magazine, <laughs> meaning, what is the text that you are using to frame your dream? She's using the text of the United States Constitution, and uh, at the time it was written, she'd have been naked. Uh, with, with the fear of sexual assault or serving the people who were writing the Constitution. So if she's going to that dream, she's reading the wrong word of magazine. But to your point, when you make a decision, decisions have consequences. And in terms of faith, and parenthetically, let me say that, see, this difference between Black Star Network and Black-owned media and something like CNN. When you have two brothers on, you ain't got to worry about no Cuomo showing up on CNN. You got one of the most brilliant people <laughs> I know, y'all car there. So he done already broke this down. You too, brother. I, I, Yes, yeah, sir. You know I'm saying, so I appreciate you for that. I mean, my mom was very happy about that. But the point that I was about to raise is when you see, um, I remember being in downtown Charleston, South Carolina, a few few years ago, and looking at the beautiful churches with the wrought iron fences around them. And I was standing there talking to a brother, talking about the fact that African blacksmiths, brought by the like men, they from West Africa for the reason that they had those skills. I said, you know, it's interesting to consider. What they were thinking when they made these uh, made these these fences, and the brother was like, "Yeah, do you think those white Christians understood that those blacksmiths? And if you know West African blacksmiths, they're very deeply spiritual people. In fact, they're spiritual practitioners, most of them. Do you understand that while they were building that fence, y'all wanted them to build? They were praying that whatever you're praying to in there won't get out. So as spiritual practitioners, whatever we pray to, we are now protecting ourselves from you with this fence." I don't believe mm. a damn thing. I don't believe in the God of Tate Reeves. In fact, my God will kill his God. My God ain't got no gender. My God ain't got no gender. That's right. will overwhelm that white man that he thinks is in the sky. And if you think I'm going to die and go to another white man, Tate Reeves, member of Kappa Alpha, Tate Reeves, who spoke to the son of the veteran, Confederate veterans. Let me be very clear about this. The faith of America is white supremacy. Anybody mm. who doesn't believe in something else, we do not have a common God. Their God depends on the death of us. So what if I'm praying mm -hmm. to, bro? You don't want my thoughts and prayers because your ass to be dead with that rug on your head, Tate. Pastor Carr? Indeed. And oh. see what my brother is. And again, I, I got to defer to the brilliance of Dr. Carr and to the brilliance of the Black Star Network for having the first major appearance of both of us at the same time. So you're not seeing double vision. Uh, Mom is 93 <laughs> years old celebrating, looking at the screen. Uh, but I'm glad to be here and having this conversation. Listen, when we talk about belief, this is why it's so divisive, because it's who do you believe in? What do you believe in? Do you believe in a core principle? Do you practice a core principle? If America practiced a core principle, we wouldn't even be here. The issue is that we're believing things that are different. 
Biggest fight I ever saw in college. I was first year at Tennessee State, Brother Greg. And yes, uh, my brother was SJ president at the time, and I was in the cafeteria. And three fellas who were with me, we went and got us uh, some Coca-Cola and put it in the in the cup because it was the best thing we ever, we just all loved it. And I sat it down, and somebody said, hey, man, that's my that's my soda. And I said, uh, oh, you talking about my cold drink? And the other guy said, what y'all niggas talking about? It's, it's a pop. And it was this <laughs> massive argument over the name of the liquid that was in the cup. Did it change the essence of what was in the cup? Did it chemically change it that we were fighting and at each other's throat? No, it didn't. You see, we have this common source. I always say the God of your acceptance and understanding because it gives us an opportunity to look at the common principles and practices. Does your religion require you to do something? As Dr. Taylor said, yes, Christianity requires you to do something. Does, does a Muslim, if you're a Muslim, Allah requires you to do certain things. If you're mm -hmm. a Buddhist, it requires you to meditate. It requires you, if you are an Ifa, to go to divination. If you are studying Kemet, it requires you to reflect the God and Goddess. It is about the actions. What we're seeing is a crisis of action. So when people come to me and they say, as they have, uh, hey, Rev, man, I, I don't really go to church. I watch your stream. I like it because it's not really religious. But uh, can you hook a brother up with the religious exception letter? I say, <laughs> you obviously have not watched my stream. And you obviously have not read our creed. In our creed written into this interfaith space is, it is the application of ancient wisdom, scientific discovery, and spiritual practices, both physical and metaphysical, that lead us closer together as a human family. Second point, scientific discovery. We have to base things on science. The issue is, if you are truly a practitioner in your faith, not a believer in your faith, I'm not interested in believers because believers are dangerous. They don't listen to logic. But if you are a practitioner of your faith, you will do what is necessary to value the gift that we all have been given on this side. We can debate, we can argue on what's going to happen to us when we check out, but the reality is one thing that all faiths have in common is an understanding that we are made in the image and likeness of the Creator. This does not make sense then when the religious people in Michigan, the Catholic school in Michigan, goes and says something as insane, as illogical, as unprovable as we are made in the image and likeness of God. And so wearing a mask hides that image and likeness of God. And therefore, it's against our faith because no one will be able to see that we are made in the image and likeness of God. Lunacy, complete and utter insanity. These are the spaces that we're dealing with. When we're talking about a very, very, very dangerous space here. You've got this crowd of people. If I have my right hand here, you've got this crowd of people who are anti-vaxxers. They are not interested. They are not believers in the vaccine. I'm not going to say anything that may be pejorative to some people. You may just think that it's holistic health. On this other side, you have people who refuse to wear a mask, who refuse to take care of themselves. Now, you might be a really good driver, as Brother Roland said. But that is, having a driver's license doesn't determine whether you're a great driver or not. But go out there and drive without a driver's license to see what happens to you. So you're not wearing this mask. So you have these two populations of people now who are now converging in the middle, the people who 
don't believe in the vaccine and won't take it, the people who will not wear masks and also want to go out and party, send their kids to school with my kids, and this is converging in this space. And this overlap space here, right in the middle, that's what's producing that Delta variant. That's where it's coming from. And it's going to continue to ravage us until we get beyond those spaces of blaming this on a God and instead say, getting a vaccine, wearing a mask, making sure that we take care of ourselves and others is a, as common sense as wearing a seatbelt or getting a driver's license to drive a car. Hmm. Dr. Turner? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, who's, uh, who's, uh, was that Faraji? Who's that? Yes, sir. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm listening to you, Pastor Carr, and, and, and I appreciate your 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 um, your insight on this. But I just do disagree with you on that point of this is not a pandemic, as the president just said today. This is not a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Let's talk. Let's tell the American people the truth. You can still get COVID nineteen even if you're vaccinated. So let's yeah, let's, let's son, tell people. Yes, yes, yes yeah, th- that that is true. But right now. 98% of those in ICUs are unvaccinated. I hear you, but I, I think that a lot of times that we're not even, we can't even get to that point, which is why when you have people who are vaccinated, and I see this in Baltimore, here in Maryland, and I'm seeing this all across the country, that people, and I'm not one of these folks, people still are, are, are you're talking about that conversion of anti-vaxxers and those who don't wear masks, people are vaccinated and then think they're invincible. Indeed. That, but, 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 okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Let's start, uh, I'm going to put a pin in that. Okay. But, mm-hmm. that but, but a person who thinks they are invincible ain't no different than the woman who goes, hey, I'm on birth control, I'm invincible. Boo, you can still get pregnant. It's no different <laughs> and, than and the guy. Other it's you no different other than things. the guy. <laughs> who, oh, I'm using a condom. I'm invincible. Nope. You can still get somebody pregnant. The reality is, this was never positioned as, hey, foolproof, get the vaccine, and you can run around, dance, and run around in the lilies, and play, and you can do whatever. People assume that because this is the problem in America, Faraji. Americans are so arrogant, we think there's a shot or a pill to yes. fix everything. Facts. Facts. Yes. Yeah, and, let, and, let me and try I, and chime I, in if I can. So. so hold up. Roger, then Dr. Turner. Roger, go, then yes. Dr. Turner next. Yeah, I was, I'm in total agreement with that. And I think that's part of the problem as to why we're still not seeing people taking this very seriously or even more so taking responsibility of their own action by masking up. But the thing is, is just because you don't want to take the vaccine doesn't necessarily put you in the group of being an anti-vaxxer. That, I, I don't, I don't agree with that. Just because you don't take the vaccine because it's an experimental vaccine, it's a, a it's, it's, it's pushed by multinational companies from Pfizer to Moderna who are getting richer as we're getting sicker and you can look at how much money, uh, 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 you know, there was a story that about how Moderna, for example, has made six from, was a $6 billion company and has grown over a 19-month period to a $200 billion company. They call it the testification of Moderna. 
because mm. of the astounding growth. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I gotta, I, I'm gonna go back to Turner, but I gotta stop you there. When people talk about change your diet and go from eating meat to fresh fruits and vegetables, does the stock price of the company that produces the fruits and vegetables go up? Oh, absolutely. So, so, so here's the deal, okay? Mm. Somebody, somebody got to make the vaccine. So here's That's the question. True. Does the government make it? Does private companies make it? <clears throat> Who makes it? I don't give a damn who's making money from it. I really don't. At the end of the day, because here's the deal, though. That has nothing to do with saving a life. Because you know what? It's a whole bunch of black people right now with diabetes. And you know what right. they're taking? Diabetic right. medication. Somebody hmm. getting paid Somebody off of that. Now, and guess what? If you fall into a diabetic coma, Ain't nobody, ain't no black family sitting there going, well, we don't know what's in that diabetic medication. You sitting there saying, no, save Big Mama, save right. Papa, <laughs> save Mama, save yeah. Daddy. So, yeah. I, so I'm not tripping on a company and what they're making on it because you know what? It's America. Somebody gonna make something and get paid. Here's, here's my only pushback on that, Brother Roland, because you know I, I love and respect your, your thoughts on it. But here's my pushback. Because America is a capitalistic country, that type of growth, that type of revenue will put people... Will, will, when you have multinational companies, you know it like I know it. They, they influence economic policy and they influence healthcare policy based <clears throat> upon financial gain. Not based upon the general welfare of the people, but based upon money. And all I'm saying is, when we're when we're talking about this, we can't disregard the fact. Now, if this vaccine came from the from the government and they didn't put no price tag on it, and they said, "Look, this is just for the general public," it might be different. No, it wasn't. You... No, it's not. Because the same would, folk, would, the same would, folk say, "I don't trust the government." Doctor <laughs> Turner, Doctor Turner, oh, come on, come yes, on, come on. Yeah, so let me say this. So um, I will agree that. Everyone who has not been vaccinated is not anti-vax. Matter of fact, I convinced probably over 95% of my patients who have not been vaccinated to be vaccinated, and a lot of it is due to disinformation. And there's been studies out there that suggest that there are some people who are associated with white supremacist groups who have intentionally put out misinformation that has led to a lot of the issues that we have, especially in our community, when I have people that are coming in that are asking me, well, Doc, well, what about the fact that it changes your DNA? The fact that they can ask that, tell me that they already convinced that it's true because of the right. statement that they have made, okay? And we hadn't even talked about the distrust and the generational trauma from people in the past who are still stuck on Tuskegee, but newsflash, this is not Tuskegee. We had plenty rich white folks and celebrities that were trying to pay to get the vaccine before we even put it out to elderly people, but that's a whole nother subject. Now, President Biden said that this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. So, yes, there are people out there who have been vaccinated who are still getting COVID and a very, very small percentage who have died. But most of those people are people who are older, who are elderly, who have underlying health conditions. We told y'all in the beginning that the Pfizer and the Moderna had about a 95% efficacious rate 
which typically means if you got 100 people, it's possible that five of those persons can still get COVID. We have always known that you can still get COVID. The goal is for COVID not to get you. I don't know anybody, and I'm sure some, I don't know anybody under the age of 50 who has been vaccinated who has died. But plenty of us know people under the age of 50 who have not been vaccinated who have died. And if they have not died, a lot of them are stuck on a ventilator for a couple months. A lot of them are stuck waiting on a heart transplant just to be able to have a chance to be able to have livelihood. And there's a difference between having life and actually living. So when we talk about the pandemic of the unvaccinated, the initial goal was for us to try to get at least 7% of Americans to be vaccinated to try to develop some sense of herd immunity. Where are we right now? As Roland said, we only have 54%. And we've been mm -hmm. in, in this for quite some time. And we made this mm -hmm. political in the beginning when we shouldn't have. But when the last time y'all known anybody who's been diagnosed with Ebola? Oh, that's an excellent point. Now, 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 I got to put this in because, see, again, on this show, we deal with facts. Right, right. This is the economic statement that Moderna released from Q2. Q2 total revenue was 4.4 billion. Net income was 2.8 billion. Okay. Now, let me go to this Forbes story. This is what the story says. The Moderna stock price went up 325%. Now, this this writer, this is what he said. In November 2020, I estimated that its COVID-19 vaccine now branded Spike Vax, could add as much as $35 billion to Moderna's revenues. Stock went up from $98 to $416. So, when you're talking about the value of a company, um, the value of a company uh, there, uh, Faraji, we have to properly explain to people what that means. Because, the app, first of all, half of Americans aren't even in the stock market. Okay? So somebody said, so when, when you mentioned that two million, two billion, or twenty-one billion, that has to be put in perspective because that's the valuation of the company. The stock price, the stock price, the, the reason the stock price has gone from ninety-eight dollars to four hundred sixteen dollars because stock people who are buying stock are saying, okay, we think this COVID thing is going to be around for some time. So therefore, this company is going to continue to see profits increase. So I'm going to buy stock in this company, and that's what the stock has gone from 98 to 416 dollars. So that's what you're seeing there. Now, now, if what Dr. Turner said actually happens, if more people actually get vaccinated and you create that herd immunity, then you aren't, you are not going to see these projections that we're going to be in this wilderness for several years. And so you know what's going to happen? That stock price is going to go down because the projection of 35, 50, or 100 billion over the next several years is not going to happen because you're not going to need that many vaccines. So what the people who are buying the stock are banking on, they're actually banking on the unvaccinated people, mm -hmm. not mm -hmm. getting vaccinated which means we're going to have right. to see more vaccines, one. Two, more variants created. So guess what happens when you create more variants? Booster shots. 
So you have the Delta, Delta variant, you got the Lambda variant, you got the Mute variant. So the health people like Dr. Turner are trying to stop that from happening so we're not going to see multiple variants which require multiple vaccines, multiple boosters. And so the people sitting at home have to understand how companies, how they are projecting. So yes, the valuation, Moderna today, their, their company valuation is more today than it was in the last quarter in 2020, primarily mm -hmm. because of what is happening with the vaccine and the need for more vaccines and the fact that 54% 54, 54 of the country is fully vaccinated, but that still doesn't matter because if you have people who continue not to be vaccinated and more variants are created, it's going to require more shots and continue, and they're going to keep pumping those things out. So those who don't want to get vaccinated, who are complaining about Moderna and the money they're making, and Pfizer making them, the money they're making, they're contributing to that. That's right. Self-fulfilled prophecy only, right there. thinking is that uh, my only thinking about this very quickly, Brother Roller, is that we know that like any other company around the... When you have multinational companies, they have lobbyists. When those lobbyists go to the lawmakers, those lobbyists are being backed by companies that are bringing in billions of dollars in revenue. Right, and what, is it, what, what, what does the lobbying yeah. have to do when... No. Okay, no, 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 hold up. See, because... No, I'm, 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 no, 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 no. I'm just breaking this... No, 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 no. But I'm asking you, what, yeah, does yes, the, what does the lobbying have to do with 54% of the country only being fully vaccinated here's, and variant and variant spreading. What does it have to do with it? Here's what it is. The, the, the lobbyists are going to lawmakers that are going to push for certain things to be done on behalf of the companies. No! So, yes. They're pushing for this because there are people like Dr. Turner who are literally quitting hospitals and nurses. They're pushing for it, pull the graphic up, because 677,000 people have died. 41.4 million in America have been infected. That's what's going on. We, at some point, we have got to stop associating the, the lobbying as if we are not engaged well, in an international health crisis. Well, yeah, just right quick you know, on the international piece. I think you put it where it need to be put. All these things can be are operating at the same time. Um, if you, we saw the report, or we saw yesterday, um, Tedros uh, Adhanom, who is the head of the World Health Organization, called for a moratorium on booster shots because most of the world, certainly the continent he's from, Africa, haven't gotten their first shots. And so, you know, to, to one of the things you're talking about, Faraji, I think, you know, when you have an international lobby, the EU, for example, has purchased X number of shots. We saw the story last week from South Africa, where Johnson & Johnson sent shots from Johannesburg to the EU when the South Africans haven't been vaccinated yet, and their excuse was the EU already paid for them. There, there's a lot going on, and so while even just at half the people in this country have two shots, the fact of the matter is no one in the world is safe until everybody gets it. So 
while you have anti-vaxxers, you have folks who have alternate reasons they're not taking the vaccine here in the United States, you have a world that is largely unvaccinated, and you have multinational corporations who are engaged in what Naomi Klein and others call disaster capitalism. So to your mm -hmm. point, Roland, they're going to make a profit, but they are not coming in clean with clean hands for this reason. And I'm not saying you shouldn't take the vaccine. I got my vaccine because all these things could be happening at the same time. The proprietary nature of the intellectual property that went into those vaccines, Moderna is not cooperating with Johnson Johnson, neither one of them cooperating with Pfizer. And the, when, when humanity is now facing this wave that could kill off the damn species, these companies not only are not collaborating with each other, their lobbyists are pushing so that the Biden administration, for example, did not turn the technology behind the vaccine loose, and they had the leverage to do this on a global level so that scientists all over the world could develop the vaccine. But remember, but remember, that was actually a decision made by the Trump administration. I agree, but Biden administration has reinforced it. Right, and, that, and so, that, and so, and so that it, was, it was already set in stone, right. and what oh, they right. did was continue it, as opposed to what they should have said, that this is a public good, and what they exactly. should have done is what President Franklin Delano Roosevelt did when he made, when he made, uh, Car when he made Carnegie and uh, DuPont and Kaiser and Ford uh, and Boeing all work together to say, right. we got to win World War II. Damn that's your right. little monopolies. Y'all work together. Exactly. That, in fact, that's exactly right. In fact, I, I just end with this, Roland. You just made the point, brother. Humanity is facing this crisis. COVID has no respect of race, ethnicity, class. And you're exactly right. At the pressure points, one of the reasons humanity is threatened at this point is precisely because of what you said. People have to step up now. People have to step up. And and so, yeah, I mean, but I'll, and the reason I'm saying this, and this is why, again, Black Star Network, Roland Martin Unfiltered, everybody understand, this is not going to be a conversation anywhere else. This is the most sophisticated mm -hmm. level mm -hmm. of conversation to get to the point where we realize if you're going to make a decision about whether or not to take this vaccine, it's got to be an informed decision because COVID grows with ignorance like any other disease. You're not going to get a sophisticated conversation like this. So here's what I'm about to do. I'm about to do a final round for each one of you. Uh, Pastor Carr, you're going to be first. Reese next. Uh, then Turner. Then Faraji. Then Dr. Carr well, close us out. So uh, Reverend Carr, go. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, first and foremost, to accentuate what my brother said, nowhere else are you going to find this. Uh, I think our mantra for this conversation and conversations before and after this, rather, uh, should be around what we talked about last night on this very show. Bring your eyeballs home. Every hmm. person who is interested in an informed opinion can get it right here. We're talking about science right now. It's important to note that no official church body in itself has issued a dictate to say, don't get a vaccine, don't get a mask. They have all told you to go to the CDC. Certain leaders have politicized this issue. I'm a person who has seen this up close. Uh, I've been a vegetarian for 31 years. I don't get the flu vaccine. And yet, my wife, my son, and I got the J&J &J shot because my son has a pre-existing condition of asthma. So very glad because he recently tested positive and had to get through COVID. I think it's important for us to note that the CDC and non-internet specialists and scientists like Dr. Turner are reminding us 
that it, you the, the, the vaccine does not protect you from getting COVID. No one's ever said that. What it prevents you from is being sick to a place where you be on a ventilator or dying. And being one of the people who I've had the task of putting under the ground over the last year, in the last year, I've done more funerals and participated in more funerals than I have in the last 10 years. I don't know anyone who I've put in the ground and spoken last rites over who has passed away from the vaccine. I do know plenty who have passed from the disease and the complications that have come. Dr. Turner can tell you about asymptomatic carriage and asymptomatic transmission. If you're not protecting yourself, we will find ourselves in a space where we are depending on the majority in this country to do the vaccine, to take the vaccine, and to provide herd immunity for us. There is no religious reason to claim that you're not going to be a part of being safe for our community, not in any religion that I teach about, not in any spiritual path. If you have this personal space, make sure that you're consistent. As a vegetarian, I helped triple the stock price of Beyond and Impossible meat when it came out in Burger King. I got an Impossible Whopper <laughs> because I come from the old days when you actually had to boil the soy and get the curd off for the tofu and get the, the skim off the top for the milk. I was excited that I could have a burger from Burger King and not have to just eat potato chips and fries. Guess what? I can't tell you what's necessarily in that. And neither can all the new excited vegans who go and run and eat the products that are there. But they eat it because that is what people do when they are seeing a need that they have. We are in a space right now where we have to begin to ask the question, and this is how I'll end it. If we're talking about lobbyists, if we're talking about big pharma, if we're talking about who stands to benefit, if we're talking about politics, who wins in a capitalistic society? Is it a win when you kill the disease, or is it a win when you keep the disease going? Let's be smart. Keep our eyeballs here at home. Reese. Okay, very quickly. Number one, the country that has the most vaccines administered is China, not a capitalist country. It's a communist country, and Moderna is not one of those. And so there is, there are a variety of vaccines, I think over a dozen vaccines worldwide. Not all of them are approved, obviously, in the United States, but there are more vaccines than the three that are approved for use in the United States. Number two, the most race and socioeconomic neutral prescription for COVID-19 in the United States, obviously, as we just discussed, not in the world, is the COVID-19 vaccine. It's free for everybody. Unlike EpiPens, which Joe Manchin's daughter raised the price on, unlike insulin, where people can't even afford their diabetic medicine, the vaccine is free and readily available throughout the entire country. That's number two. And then number three, I know there are sensitivities about anti-vax, whether you're anti-vax or whether you're vaccine hesitant or whether you just refuse to get the vaccine personally. The impact is exactly the same, regardless of what label you want to put on it. The impact is ICUs are overflowing full, almost at capacity. The impact is that pediatric uh, hospitalizations are way up, infections are way up. The impact is, for instance, in Miami, third of the people who died from the school system are all black, all unvaccinated. Mm. That's the impact. It does not matter what label you put on not getting the vaccine. The impact is what we're concerned about. 
I don't care what you want to call yourself. You can call yourself pro-vaccine, but I'm just not taking it. But the impact is what we're seeing an overflow of our medical system, where people who have cancer cannot get a bed. People who have heart attacks are waiting in the ER for eight hours. I was on the Clay Kane show earlier today. A woman whose child has 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 COVID had to get a, a, an actual surgery um, rescheduled because the pediatric beds in Florida are full. So we mm-hmm. have to stop talking about the labels and the sensitivities and the feelings behind it and start talking about the impact. If you don't like the label, that's fine, but we need to talk about the impact that people not getting vaccinated, not getting us to herd immunity is having on our country. And we're not even there yet because this is the summer. This is supposed to be the downtime. When we get into that fall and the same anti-people, whatever you want to call it, who don't want to get the flu shot, don't want to get the vaccine, the vaccination, we're in for a world of hurt if we don't get this under control yesterday. Uh, Dr. Turner. All right, so to your point, we have three very we have three vaccines right now that offer protection against COVID. And it's possible that this variant called Mu, the current vaccines that we have may not be effective. So yeah, it's not even cold yet when people are gonna be more indoor and they're gonna be more gathering. So we need people to realize that this thing can really, really get worse real, 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 real quick. Um, I also want to make mention that it's hard sometimes to correct until we cutting it, okay? Here mm. in Mississippi, we just had two nurses mm. who have committed suicide within the last couple of months. We've had a physician to commit suicide within the last year, okay? We got healthcare workers that are quitting. We just opened up a garage over at the University of Mississippi Medical Hospital because we had issues with capacity. I have an 11-year-old at home who, for her birthday, turning 12, she don't want to have a big party. She don't want to go out of town. She want to get the vaccine. I have a wife Mm -hmm. that has asthma. I don't want to bring it home and they get exposed because we're living in this state where I don't know if the governor of Mississippi, Louisiana, Texas just get together and try to figure out what they can do just to piss more people off because they're more Mm -hmm. married to politics than they are to purpose. So I understand Governor Reeves made the statement and saying that, well, Mississippians, you know, we're, we're, not, we're not scared because we know where we're going. We never want anybody to be scared. We don't want you to be fearful, but we do want you to be careful. So mm-hmm. we're talking about spirituality and spiritual health, but I don't really think that this is an issue of spiritual health as opposed to an issue of mental health. We're dealing with denial, we're dealing with people who are using Christianity in the name of really supremacy and really wanting to be in control. So they're talking about choice, talking about anti-abortion and, 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 and pro-life. But I don't think those go together if we're talking... If we, we, we just got done talking about abortion and being pro-life, and now we're talking about wearing a mask and doing different things like that to promote life, but all of a sudden it's about choice. So are we really, really serious about doing everything we can in this country where we talk about, you know, the land of the free and the home of the brave, or are we just moving the goalposts? As far as all this disinformation out there, I know you talked about folks are making money. Off it, people are making money off Viagra that's produced by Pfizer, and we're still taking it, right? So <laughs> what's in Viagra? People don't question that. What's in the weed that people smoke? People don't question that. What's in the bedroom with the person that you're having sex with? Because you're definitely not asking them to show you the car for the HIV, the syphilis, the GC chlamydia, that's normal. So mm. we still make excuses. But at the end of the day, 3.30 in the morning, just last week, I had to pronounce a 41-year-old dead 
because he didn't make it. And I'm tired of having to call parents at 3.30 in the morning to let them know that their child didn't make it. Parents should not be burying their children right now. Children are supposed to be burying their parents. And here mm -hmm. we are at the most critical time in this pandemic, and we're still making excuses, putting off getting the vaccine, putting off doing everything in our toolbox that God has given us to be able to get past this. In Leviticus 13, there was people who had diseases <laughs> and we talked about facial coverings. So, yeah, there's nothing new under the sun. We had scientists back then. We have scientists now. We had public health guidance back then. We have it now. That's why we don't have Ebola. That's why we don't have polio. That's why we don't see the mass amount of mumps and, and measles and rubella. And all these folks that are talking about anti-vax and Christianity and all of that, I bet you all of them had the mumps, measles, and rubella vaccine when they was younger. I bet you they had Come the through, vaccine. Come so on, let's stop talking about religion because it's, it's not about spirituality. It's not about religion. It's about making excuses because you have an issue with control and you have yet to look in the mirror and realize that you are more married to politics than you are to purpose. In America, we're supposed to be about selfless. We're supposed to be about altruism. We're supposed to be about all of these things. And reality is just about self. And until we realize that true Christianity is what you do for the good of others, we're going to continue to be dealing with variant after variant after variant. And the detonation of a generation is going to be on the blood of all of our hands. My, mute, you're muted, you're muted. Okay, sorry about that. There you go. To everybody's point, uh, Dr. Carr and uh, Pastor Carr and, and Reese and, and to my brother there who just spoke, I'm sorry, brother, I just I, I didn't, get, didn't Do get your name. Dr. Turner, Dr. Turner. Dr. Turner. Look, look let me just tell you, I, this whole conversation started off talking about religion. And at this point, based upon the historical evidence, based upon new information coming out, rather it's about this vaccine and how this whole thing is being handled, based, of, based upon the stories of, of, of women who say that the, this vaccine has dysregulated their menstrual cycles to other issues that people have gotten. We can't put our faith, full-blown faith, and I'm gonna just say this, and I know people gonna be upset with me, but it is what it is. It's hard for me to put my faith in this country's um, in the United States of America, this government, to in, in a time like this. Now, does that mean that I don't want to see us uh, uh, get cured from COVID? No, that does not mean that. I want us to live. I want us to get through COVID. I really do. But I also don't want us to get so wrapped up in, in whatever the narrative that is currently out there to the point that we don't we don't under we 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 not even open to having much larger, much broader conversations about how we can make ourselves better. You know, the president said today that everybody needs to get vaccinated, including women, uh, pregnant women, and all of those these different groups. But he, it sounds tone deaf because you're having more and more stories of people from those who are immunocompromised to those who have pre-existing conditions, to those who, like I said, women who are suffering because of their menstrual cycles being thrown off. I mean, it's the, 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 this can't be the only solution. And, Brother Roland, you mentioned this earlier. You said that this thing was never designed or put out as being the solution. You're absolutely right. But at some point, at some point, the pandemic that was affecting all of us 
became now the pandemic of the unvaccinated. At some point, the pandemic that was affecting all of us became this pandemic that was just so wrapped up in, uh, based upon uh, 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 the ignorance of other people. And that's not fair. That's not fair, especially since we all have been suffering under this pandemic. So now you got black families going to war with other black family members over a vaccine from a, an institution of the United States government that has been known to kill and destroy black people in this damn country and has been known to make us stool pigeons and has been known to make us to be guinea pigs. And we go so hard in the paint right now, but not understanding the, po the, 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 the moment that we're in to show that our people, that there's other ways. I'm not discrediting anybody's intelligence or brilliance. And I know that deep down inside, it's based upon the hope that we can get through this. But this devil is real in America. And we can't act as if the, the United States government has not tried to kill off black people wholesale. So, it, <laughs> so you know, it, I can't have faith in that. So, I so, can't have faith in it. So let me... So, so, so let me... Go ahead, uh, Doc, go ahead. Yeah, I, I, I apologize. Brother, I appreciate your passion, and I appreciate where you're coming from, because I've had plenty of patients to come in and share all of that, man. Let, let me tell you this, man. We're not asking you to trust the government, but we're asking you to trust healthcare professionals. I'm not sitting here telling you that. I wholeheartedly trust the government, okay? Mm -hmm. I was a black man before I was a black physician. And let me make sure you understand this. Here, with this whole COVID thing, blacks are three times as likely to get COVID compared to any other ethnicity. We are twice as likely to die from COVID compared to any ethnicity. That ain't even discussing the fact that we had all these pre-existing health disparities before COVID even showed up. I, I, I may not even supposed to even say this on air, man, but I just talked to a nurse who basically is in another state that I'm not gonna mention, who had a black patient that came in who had COVID who was sitting there with oxygen levels that was dropped down below 40s, and the, and the nurse laughed about it and basically prejudged this particular person as she went on with her peers. Y'all, you acting like it's equal health care right now in the hospital. No, it's not. The best thing you need to do is not go to the hospital. Mm -hmm. You're talking about there's other ways to be able to help. Listen, the vaccine is the biggest tool that you have in the toolbox. Yes, mass help. Yes, eating health to help. But let me explain that because you probably heard because you said that the vaccine was experimental, although it's been FDA approved by Pfizer. You probably heard this study in Israel that talked about natural immunity being better than the vaccine. Let me clarify that right now, okay? In this particular study in Israel, what it particularly showed was anyone who has had COVID and got a vaccine, just one dose of the vaccine, it was more superior to someone who has not had COVID and had two vaccines. The conclusion mm -hmm. from the study is natural immunity that has been produced after you have had COVID is better than not having COVID and having two vaccines. So someone who's had COVID, do they still need to have two doses or can they have one doses? That study didn't say that natural immunity in general is better. So people misheard that study just like you and concluded that, okay, I just need to eat healthy and I need to exercise. Those things mm -hmm. are the minimum you should be doing. We've been promoting that, but folks want to listen. They just want to get Adipex and think that they're just going to get a weight loss surgery and get better. All right? <laughs> so understand that there's people out there like myself. There's, 
white people and other people that realize that, yeah, we're not where we need to be, but brother, we've come a long way since Tuskegee. And we're not where we need to be, but this is not it. And we really need to stop acting like it because this thing is ravaging our communities. At one point in Mississippi, over 70% of the people that were being diagnosed with COVID looked like me and you, man. Over 60% of the deaths that was ravaging our community, those were us. So I led a coalition here in Mississippi. We got connected with every HBCU, Jackson State, Alcorn, Valley, Russ. I got with Dr. Dobbs, our state health director. We had blacks that were showing up at the ER, and they wouldn't even give them a COVID test. We got all of that fixed. We took the COVID testing to the community. We went to the hood. We went to doors and did all of that. And now the percentage of people in Mississippi who are getting COVID and, and suffering is more consistent with the population. So, yes, we understand where you're coming from. The fight is still on, but please don't think that this particular situation is intentionally done to destroy the black community because this ain't it, man. So Can I say something about pregnancy? Reese, go ahead. I just want to say, I am a woman who went through a pregnancy during a pandemic, and it was traumatic. The one mm. thing that I... Um, OBGYN said every time is don't get COVID. I was holed up in the house. I didn't go nowhere. I didn't do nothing. Nobody mm. came over here. All kind of people was pissed off at me. But I said, all the thing y'all got for me, if something happens to my baby or me, is thoughts and prayers. And that ain't good enough for me. And thank God I had my baby healthy with a mask on in the hospital, getting my stomach tore open, okay? And she's here and she's alive and healthy and thriving. The facts of the matter is, in the state of Mississippi alone, eight pregnant women have died in the past several weeks. The state director there said that the fetal death after 20 weeks is doubling in pregnant women who have COVID. COVID is safe for pregnant women. COVID is, I mean, I'm sorry, the COVID vaccine, let me be clear, mm -hmm. the vaccine right. is safe for pregnant women. My sister is pregnant and she has the vaccine. There's a baby shower that's been this weekend in my family and gender reveal. Now, I ain't going to no big-ass event, but those <laughs> girls are vaccinated, okay? And they are going to have their babies. They're having healthy pregnancies. A nursing mother is recommended to be vaccinated. I got the vaccine as soon as I had my baby, and I've nursed my baby, and she's still healthy. She's hitting every target. She's 97% town in terms of her height. She's good on her way. She's healthy. She's a nice little chunky baby. And that's fine. Okay? So I, what I really don't want this conversation to turn into, because I know there's disinformation about, oh, the vaccines are making women spontaneously start their period. Every woman spontaneously starts her period. We don't have a timer that says, oh, oh, I know my period started at 11 o'clock. It's spontaneous, duh. So, but what yes. I'm saying is, let's, let's not do this thing about a pregnant woman and the vaccines when the fact of the matter is, if you're a pregnant woman and you get COVID, you are very likely to have very detrimental consequences. That's been known from the get-go. So mm. I'm not saying take my medical advice. I'm not the doctor. Dr. Turner, you can, you can take that away. But from all the studies, it is safe for pregnant women and nursing mothers to get the vaccine, and it's recommended that you do so. So let me, let me um, button um, this up, if you will. Faraja, you made the point that we should be having a larger, broader conversation. Mm -hmm. This conversation has literally gone on for almost 40 minutes. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what this is. Mm -hmm. this, that, that is the conversation. Here we have PhD. Here we have Sister Black Women's Views. Here we have a medical doctor. Here we have you as a radio talk show host. Here we have a pastor. 
we got a broad section of black folks here. Different perspectives, different backgrounds. You're Muslim, we've got Christians. Uh, I don't know, somebody here could be an atheist. Uh, bottom line is this here. You know, but bottom line is you have all of these things going on. This has nothing to do with putting all of trust into the federal government. No one's putting their trust into the federal government. But the reality is this here. We, from the beginning on this show, has, has said we are going to put our trust in black doctors and scientists. Now, if, mm. if, if, if I have to make a decision, and we know for a fact, right now we know for a fact, that with the opioid crisis, white doctors and their racism, uh, well, they were not prescribing opioids to black people. We know for a fact mm -hmm. that black women are dying and their children are dying because white doctors are misdiagnosing them and not listening to them. We know for a fact, we know for a fact that black people get better health care from black medical practitioners. That's why the black woman who's here at the American Medical Association, the largest medical group, we've had her on the show. That's why mm -hmm. the, the black doctors group is called the National Medical Association. We've had them on the show. That's why we featured numerous black doctors, black scientists from HBCUs. Here is the question that we as black people have got to answer. Mm -hmm. If we don't trust the government and we don't trust white folk, and we got all these black folks who are experts and we don't want to listen to them, well, then who the hell are we going to listen to? <laughs> I simply, I cannot, I cannot, I will not, Listen to people who are not trained in this area. It's not going to happen. I will not ask somebody to pray for me who don't know how to pray. Mm. I am not asking somebody who cannot cook to please fix me a meal. I am not mm. going to ask somebody who don't know shit about lighting to install lighting in my studio. <laughs> I am never, anybody watching me, we will never ask somebody who don't know a damn thing about cars on how to repair our car. Right. We are not mm. going to go to a lawyer for a root canal. We're mm. not going to go to a dentist to file a lawsuit. So we're now left at this point where we have to make a determination who are we going to listen to, where mm. are we going to get our information from, and mm -hmm. how are we going to distill the facts. Dr. Carter mm. laid out the facts when it comes to that Israeli study. I've seen videos floating around of folks standing up talking about, I'm Dr. So-and-so, I got a PhD, but they have not mm -hmm. treated anybody when it comes to COVID. Mm -hmm. What we're dealing yeah. with right now right. is literally our medical system is in dire straits. A veteran, white man in Texas, who had a, a particular uh, 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 pancreatic uh, uh, illness, Doctor said he's never lost a patient because of that illness. There were no 
ICU beds available in his city in a 60 mile radius. And that man died because the ICUs were filled up with people with COVID who were unvaccinated. Mm. Mm. That's a fact. Yep. So yep. we're left with a decision. And here's the decision. The Bible is clear. You have free will. Mm-hmm. You have free will to make any decision that you want to make. That's right. But with that free will comes a consequence. And the reality is, we've seen numerous stories. And I've talked, when I, when I interviewed Jeffrey Osborne, Jeffrey Osborne's uh, manager, dead, COVID. His drummer, mm-hmm. dead, COVID. Ooh. Family member, dead, from COVID. Mm. My, my head mm. of security, black man, his best mm. friend, would not get vaccinated. He tried everything. My head of security had to plan his best friend's funeral. Hmm. All I'm saying is, at some point, we're going to, the rubber's going to meet the road, and we're going to have to make some decisions, because here's the deal. And pastors will tell you, everybody want to go to heaven, (laughs) but you got to die to go to heaven. Okay? I'm saved. I'm not trying to meet Jesus early. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm not. I ain't got no problem saying I've had a fear of death since I was 15 years old. My grandfather died. Sometimes I might have a panic attack because, again, it happens. That's the reality uh, of life. But one thing I'm not going to do, I'm no way in hell am I going to sit here and say, hey, let's do it early. Oh, I'm sitting here. Mm. uh, I've lost 20 pounds since COVID. Trying to lose Mm. more. Ain't trying to check out early. So if we, on one hand, are encouraging healthy lifestyles, if we're encouraging exercise, Mm -hmm. if we're encouraging... Hell, we got folks out here right now prescribing vitamins (laughs) and don't Mm. know what's in it. Mm. Let me say that again. For everybody watching me right now, yes, sir. you got folks telling you, take that vitamin D. You have no idea what's in that pill. Because you know what? Vitamins are not regulated by the Food and Drug Administration. It says it on the label. It says the Food and Drug Administration cannot certify what is on this label. So how is it that we have folk who will invest their time, energy, and money in vitamin regimens, but then say, I don't know what's in that vaccine. I don't know the side effects what's in that vaccine. Man, I've taken a pill and my urine looks gold. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Come on through, Roland. So I I just want us to understand that our role here is we are going to provide a significant amount of information, but what we are not going to do is entertain conspiracy theories, nor are we going to do give people bad information, because the problem is this. Ebony Hilton, Dr. Ebony Hilton said it, one out of every 421 black folk are passing away 
the black mm. life expectancy has decreased. We were already lower than white people. It mm -hmm. has decreased due to COVID. Mm -hmm. We are not going to contribute to that mm. actually decreasing further. And so mm. what I want us to do is not to get caught up in, I'm just being straight up. I'm being, I'm being straight up. We can, we, if a, every person who's sitting here concerned about the stock price and the valuation of Pfizer and Moderna, do understand Pfizer and Moderna, their valuation ain't as high as Exxon's. It's not as high as Apple's. It's not as high as Google's. So all of a sudden, now we're talking about, well, who's making money? You can't show me anything in America where somebody not making money. But what mm -hmm. I can show you right. is, what I can show you who's also making a whole bunch of money? Funeral homes. Funeral homes. Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. Yes, they, sir. Funeral homes are operating at profit margins at an all-time high. They're running COVID specials now, brother. That, if we want to talk about who's getting paid with COVID, those who are digging graves mm -hmm. are working around the clock. Mm -hmm. I'm saying... Let's stop the madness and let's ensure that our people are making sure that we're taking care of ourselves and getting healthy. And the last point, white folks taking the same vaccine. So guess what? This ain't about let's take out black people. Because you know what? My CFO from Chicago, when she went to get her shot, when she went to get her shot, you know what she told me? She went to a Walmart on the south side of Chicago on, I think it's on 82nd Street. Black 200 team. people in line. Yes, sir. 190 mm. of them were white. Yes, she sir. said, I ain't never mm -hmm. seen yes, this many white people at a Walmart on 82nd Street in, on the south side of Chicago ever. <laughs> they were in line for that vaccine. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I just want us to understand what's going on here. And again, if you choose not to take the vaccine, that is your prerogative. But when I see these people who saying they won't get vaccinated and they won't take, they won't wear a mask and they fight mask mandates and they won't, they sit here and won't social distance and they won't That's take right. any other precautions. They sitting here now angry with kids, what Governor Ron DeSantis is doing in Florida, what Governor Greg Abbott is doing in Texas, what the governor of Tennessee is doing, what the governor of South Carolina is doing, what the governor of Mississippi is doing, what the governor, right. what all these governors, what the governor of Arkansas says now he regrets signing the mask mandate, uh, what all these governors are doing, Guess what? That's where a lot of black folks live, and those Republican governors are doing all they can to keep it from happening. And so I want us to live. I want Faraji to be 70, 80, and 90, and 100. I want our kids. But I cannot sit here and allow stuff to go on when I'm seeing black kids, 18 and 20, when I'm seeing a 41-year-old black teacher in Texas who was afraid of the vaccine, dead because she waited. Mm -hmm. I can't. Mm -hmm. And for somebody who's saying, man, you getting paid, show me where the Pfizer and the Moderna check is. Because guess mm -hmm. what? It damn sure ain't hit the five <laughs> bank accounts we got.
Hmm. No. I want us to live and thrive. Mm -hmm. and that's why this matters. Dr. Turner, Reverend Carr, I certainly appreciate both of you being with us. Uh, we had some other stories. I'm going to get to Megan Kelly on tomorrow. I'm going to close this out. Uh, Faraji, Dr. Carr, as well as Reese, thank you for being on our panel as well. Uh, folks, uh, we are at right now, y'all can uh, go to, uh, no, don't go to my computer because it's going to show emails. But we are right now at 7,000 in one week. A week ago, we launched, we announced Black Star Network. We're at 7,048 total downloads. We, we need to be at 10,000 by tomorrow. Uh, we want to be at 50,000 downloads by December 1st. Uh, and folks, we want to build this. Uh, and I want everybody to understand, right now, let me just look at the number, because I, I need y'all to understand. So let me, let me fully unpack this, black folks, for everybody who's watching. Go back to my, uh, my, my, uh, my five shot. Um, right now, we have 797,844 subscribers on YouTube. Right now, we have, allow me to pull it up, please. Right now, we have on Facebook, on Facebook, 1,320,022 followers. On Twitter, we have, give me one second here, 613,900 followers. On Instagram, we have, on Instagram, on Rolandus Martin, we have, where you at? 619,000 followers. So that's 1.2 million Instagram and Twitter combined, 1.3 million on the Facebook, that's 2.5 million, 800,000 uh, that's on uh, YouTube. Folks, you're talking about right there, that's 3.3 million. Not one of those platforms are black owned. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Not one. YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, not black owned. Facebook, not black owned. Black Star Network, black owned. So right. every single That's one right. of you who's watching right. us right now, you need to be downloading the app. Come on now. Because I need y'all to understand, and, and let me unpack this. I'm not charging you for this, because here I need y'all to understand. Yes, are we making revenue right now from YouTube? Yes, but the revenue is actually down. Let me say this again. The revenue is down 50% from a high in 2020. Mm -hmm. Now, imagine if we are at 500,000. Imagine if we hit the YouTube number for Black Star Network having 800,000 downloads or hit the Facebook number, 1.3 million. Now, we can now go to advertisers with a different conversation and actually make more than what YouTube is giving us because YouTube gets 45% of the revenue, we get 55%. Black Star mm -hmm. Network, we get 100% of, of the revenue. And so mm -hmm. this is, so I'm trying to explain to y'all the business of the business and why we need for you to download the app. I have, and I need y'all to understand, I have six shows teed up, but you also gotta have the revenue to have the support staff and hire those people. We're trying to hire them right now and so we're hiring them, hoping that revenue comes in because we have to actually build towards it. And so we want you to download the app right now. Y'all, it's on every platform. Apple, it's on Android. It's on Apple TV. It's on Amazon Fire. 
stick. It's on Amazon TV. It's on Android TV. It's on Samsung. It's on Samsung. It's on Roku. It's on Xbox. It's on all those platforms. You can download it right now. We want you to do that. Third, secondly, we need you to support us with our Bring the Funk fan club. Every dollar you give goes to support our show. We were just in, I was just in Nashville broadcasting there. I'll be back once a month. We're going to be in Atlanta on Tuesday. Right now, I'm trying, to I'm trying to plan a broadcast from the Howard University, Hampton University Classic taking place on September 18th. We're going to be at the Magic City Classic uh, in Birmingham next month. We're going to be at the Bayou Classic uh, in November. I would love for us to actually be at a Black uh, a HBCU homecoming every single week. Your dollars makes that possible. And so you can support us via Cash App, dollar sign RM Unfiltered. Uh, you can also support us, paypal.me forward slash rmartin unfiltered, venmo.com forward slash rm unfiltered. Zell is rolling at rollingsmartin.com, rolling at rollingmartinunfiltered.com. Uh, uh, and so you can support us uh, in, in all of those ways. And do, and do understand, folks, uh, when I say your dollars go to support this show, that's what we're talking about. We literally, right now, uh, are, and I'm, I am hopeful of unveiling our new studio early next week. Uh, our set designer, a brother who is an alpha brother, who's also a assistant professor at Howard University, who called, he hit me in the email, said he wanted to volunteer to build our set piece. We're gonna be installing that tomorrow as well as this weekend. Uh, and so our additional lighting is being installed. All these things are happening. And every single vendor that we are used are African-American owned companies. They're not hard to find. We just simply chose to look. And so, uh, we, you know, and, and here's the deal. Uh, look, you know, look, reality is giving is down and dollars matter. We ask 50 bucks each, $4.19 a month, 13 cents a day. And I want, you to, I want you to answer this question. With the information that we give you every single day on this show, it's literally costing you 13 cents a day. That's what it's costing you, 13 cents. If you gave 50 bucks, and if you said, I'm gonna give 10 now, 10, three months from now, 10, 10, 10, that's fine. If you ain't got 10 right now, we've got people giving us a dollar, $5. We appreciate every single one of our donors because we're building something here that's not just about me, it's not just about our panelists, but think about it. When we build this show and build a network and we build and we have six, eight, 10, 12 shows and we have 20, 30, 40, 50 staffers and then we're supporting numerous other companies, that's called black collective economics. So we are actually practicing what we've always preached. Everybody can say that. So folks, we appreciate it. Download Black Star Network. Please join our Bring the Funk fan club. I'll see you tomorrow right here. Ho! I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.